Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. So what's the meaning of salvation? The message is called, This is Love, 10 Reasons Jesus Came to Die. And again, I wouldn't imagine you to understand every answer that's given here. But I believe the word will not return void. That as we give the answers and give the word through the answers, it's going to plant something in your heart and soul. And it's finally going to roll away the stone. And it's finally going to let the light shine into your life. And you are going to become personally thankful of your salvation in what Christ did on the cross. Not say, oh, I'm a Christian. I believe in Christianity and and I believe in Jesus. No, he died for you. He died in place of you. He's in you right now. He's around you. He's... It's so personal. Ten reasons why Jesus died. Let's look at this. Number, let's let's go from ten and we'll end up at number one. Why Jesus Christ suffered and died for us. Probably the most important questions of the 21st century, by the way. So number ten is, number one reason why he died is to destroy hostility between races. The suspicion, the prejudice... Uh, the demeaning attitudes that you see through the races causing wars all over the planet, Uh, Jews between non-Jews, which really was an issue back in the Bible times. That's why I was trying to uh, teach that in the family series, that when Christ died on the cross, he allowed Jews and Gentiles to be family, which was a powerful thing. The Jews couldn't get their head around that. But Jesus died to create a whole new way of being reconciled. And I'll tell you right now, the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 14 to 16, paraphrased, that it says it like this, Jesus died to create a whole new way of races to be reconciled. He has broken down the dividing wall of hostility. Say hostility. Making peace through the cross. It's a paraphrase. But I'm telling you this, it's impossible to have lasting peace in our nations and in our world without coming to the cross without coming to Jesus. No peace convoy, no peace United Nations. Forget it. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. So Jesus, he breaks down that barrier of hostility between the Muslims, the Christians, the Palestinians, whatever. He breaks that down. And unless the planet comes to him, there will be no peace. So let's not not have ourselves on that it's going to come through any patsy reconciliation program of any political sort of stuff. Number nine, to give marriage its its deepest meaning. Number nine, why Jesus died on the cross. God's design was never for marriages to be miserable. The ladies are going to love this. The ladies are going to love this. I thank God for my marriage with Julie. 
our marriage, I'll go on record by saying this, is getting stronger and stronger in every way. I won't say no more. We are more in love, more passionate, no please, (laughs) too much information. We're more in love, more passionate. See, marriage should be bliss. Marriage should be made in heaven. I know I'm speaking to a lot of people here who have suffered at the circumstance of a sinful world, a sinful husband, even a sinful wife. And that's a shame. But Jesus shows us by dying on the cross, he makes us realize this, that we can love each other. He knew that his suffering would make the deepest meaning of marriage so plain. That's why the Bible says, Ephesians 5.25, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. God's design for marriage is for a husband to love a wife as much as Jesus loved us and loves the church. He went to the cross, remember. Flog, whip. It's, it's a total sacrifice and a total love for your partner that will get you over every hurdle. If you stop doing that, self-sacrificing, you just, it's not, just not going to happen. And it's the same love that we have for Jesus that our wives should have for us. Yeah. So all this worship, all these kind words to the Lord and praising and thanking Him, that's what, Julie, you should be doing for me. Not worshipping me. <laughs> she, she says, I do. See, it's passion. There's passion in it. There's passion. It's not just some sort of civil arrangement. Number eight, to absorb the wrath of God. God's law demanded. Now, this is where it gets tricky, but the best way I can understand this, God, I thought you were a little bit more more kind, more considerate, more, look, when my children blow it, I will forgive them because I just, man, I melt. They just smile at me and, uh, you know, they just put a ding in my car. Oh, well, you know, it's cool. Come on, give it. But God's laws are absolute. Someone said, one theologian said, God is not nice. Nice emotes. Oh, he's a nice person. Meaning that he's not good. He's nice. Pleasant. God is not nice. God is good. And when you get to the bottom of the word good, you'll understand what I mean. God is good. God's got, God's not going to patronize you. Oh, it's all right. Come on, come on in. You're all right. God is absolute. He's a judge. And the spiritual dilemma that we're in as sinful people, we're living under a curse born onto the planet, which is a total injustice straight up, but that's how it is. It's like gravity. If you want to fly, you're going to have to find some sort of law to reverse that to be able to fly through the air. Amen? So the spiritual, the spiritual um, dilemma we're in is that our sin, which we were born into, demanded 
demanded punishment. Demanded punishment. So let's look at this. Okay, this is good. Hey, to absorb the wrath of God. Yes, God's law demanded. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. The wages of our sin is death. Loved us, sent his son to be the propitiation, the wrath absorbing substitute for our sin. We're going to let maybe, um, is it Brett Barkley? He's going to speak on that subject of what it means to appease God. What it meant for Jesus Christ to appease God. Number seven. I've got to quickly. So that we would escape the curse of the law. Again, it's a spiritual law. So that we would escape the curse of the law, meaning that if we tried to jump off a building and, and that somehow God would alleviate that and give us wings to sprout to transcend the law's of, of, of sin and fly and be free in Jesus' name. So it says it like this, there was no escape from the curse of God's law. It was just, we were guilty. There was only one way to be free. Someone must pay the penalty. The Bible says, Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. The law's demands that have been fulfilled by Christ's perfect law keeping, its penalty fully paid by his death. That's why the Bible teaches that getting right with God is not based on law-keeping. Galatians 2.16 says, A person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith, say faith, in Jesus Christ. Our only hope, in having, our only hope is having the blood and the righteousness of Christ credited to our account. Do you like that? Number six, to reconcile us to God. To reconcile us to God, which I love. Who feels reconciled to God? Who feels like they're good with God? Who feels like they can approach God anytime? Who feels like any minute, any day, you can be just pray and be there with God? Who feels like God's just, even without asking, God's just there? You just reconcile to God. Isn't that great? You're just walking around with, He's just there, man. I can't shake this guy. He's awesome. Man. He's fantastic, right? <laughs> Whoop, he's there again. Woo! Look at my friend. He's just there. I love being reconciled to God. The reconciliation that needs to happen between man and God goes both ways. God's first act is reconciling us to himself was to remove the obstacle that separated him from us, the guilt of our sin. He took the steps we could not take to remove his own judgment by sending Jesus to suffer in our place. Romans 5.10 says it like this, For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Reconciliation happened through him, but it happens through us having faith in him. Yes, five to show God's love. Why did he die on the cross? Why did he die on the cross? Some people say, I didn't ask him to die on the cross. Why? I don't want to know about Christianity. I don't want to know about this personal revelation of Christ dying for my sin. I'm not too bad. I'm, this is what our neighbors and friends might say. I'm all right. I'm a decent person. But friend, guess what? If you're living on the planet and if you try and fly, you're going to fall. There's a spiritual law that says you are a sinner. There's a spiritual law. There's a physical law that says there's gravity. There's a spiritual law that says that if you try and transcend the curse 
that's on the planet without Jesus' blood and without the sacrifice of Jesus, it ain't going to happen. Amen? If you're going to try and get through the pearly gates on that day without... Man, I've been good. What's the matter? No, you need Jesus. Which one am I up to? Five? The measure of God's love is shown by the degree of His sacrifice in saving us from the penalty of our sins. Bible says, He gave us, am I right? Five? Sorry. Why did He die on the cross? Show us His love to sinners. The measure of God's love is shown by the degree of His sacrifice in saving us from the penalty of our sins. He gave His only Son. When we add the horrific crucifixion that Christ endured to that, we understand this great love that God has for humanity, but especially you and I. Five, I'm talking about five. Am I still there? Romans 5, 8. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even while we we're on the outer and rebellious and independent, still Christ died for us. Number four. Am I up? Yeah. To show Jesus now. First one was God's love, to show God's love. Now four is to show Jesus' own love for us. The death of Christ is also the supreme expression that He, the Scripture says in Galatians 2.20, which I personally love, loved me and gave Himself for me. And the Scripture talks about, um, it is no longer I that liveth, but Christ that lives in me. And the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me. Say that, who loved me. Point, point, who loved me. Who loved me? Not, not just them. I see Christ suffering and dying to give his life as a ransom for many. Matthew 20, 28. Then we ask ourselves, are we part of the many? Then I hear the answer in John 3, 16. Whoever, whoever, your friends and neighbors and whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Whoever. Jesus paid the highest price to give us personally the greatest gift of this salvation, being right with Him. Um, number three, to take away our condemnation. The great conclusion to the suffering and death of Christ is this. Romans 8.1, there is therefore no, now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. To be in Christ means to be in relationship with Him, of course. We know that. Christ becomes our punish, punishment, which we don't have to bear. And our worth before God, which we cannot earn. We just sit there. Just, just stand there. And Christ is right beside you. And, and the Word of God says, Christ will, will approve of you, will affirm you before the Father on that day. It says that in Luke in your salvation, that Jesus will say, he's with me, Father, he's with me, all good. Yeah, he's been a bit this way, that way, and yeah, he hasn't really hit the mark every time, but he's with me. Isn't that beautiful? Wow, what a mediator, what a friend. Number two, am I up to number two? To bring us to God. Why did Christ die on the cross? To bring us to God. Gospel means good news. 
and it all ends in one thing, God himself. The gospel is the good, good news that at the cost of his son's life, God has done everything necessary to captivate us with what will make us eternally and ever increasingly happy namely himself Christ suffered 1 Peter 3:18 Christ suffered once for sins the righteousness the righteous for the righteousness that he might bring us to God number 1 and our last one to give eternal life to all who believe in him Jesus made it plain but that rejecting him would would unfortunately see us lost and he says it like this John 3 18 says whoever believes in him is not condemned whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son this is a huge um, this is a huge matter of fact to take on isn't it that our mums and dads our friends our workmates are lost they're bound for hell if they don't get with Jesus are we willing to let that go are we willing to just pretend that that's not the case Jesus were you just mucking around through that scripture Jesus we we were you really serious that I would not see my mom or dad if they're not saved that I would not see them in heaven that I would not see them on the other side are you serious by saying that this is how it's incumbent on us to take this I believe, and really think about our loved ones. But for whoever trusts in Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Thank you, Jesus. Has that happened for you since you've gotten saved? Things you've seen and heard. And... Ephesians 1.4 my last scripture says, Ephesians 1, 4 says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Ephesians 1, 5, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. 1-7, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. 1-9, God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is his plan at the right time he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ everything in heaven and on earth furthermore because we are united with Christ we have received an inheritance from God for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan he did this for you Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 2 Corinthians 9.15, thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. 1 Peter 1.4, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. 
1 Peter 1.5, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. James 1.18, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Father, we thank you for this great gift. Let's all stand, God bless you. We thank you for the gift. We thank you for the cross. Help us realize through the Easter season, through this Easter month of March, help us realize the great price, the great price of Christ crucified. Jesus, right now I pray the anointing, the power of God's spirit. I just want you to stand there for about two, three minutes and contemplate Christ crucified for you, for your life. He died for you, in place of you. He died for you and in place of you. Jesus, we're, we're, uh, we're trying to understand, dear God, the gravity of the situation, but our world conditions us to believe that this couldn't be true, that this is beyond reason, that this is beyond understanding. But Holy Spirit, I pray that not only this church, but all the peoples throughout our suburbs, every home, every family would begin to realize the reason for the season of Easter. I wonder if we could just pray a little bit more for our families, our children and I wonder if we could pray like this Father God in heaven we pray the veils would be removed from their eyes just name that person right now under your breath your sons and your daughters who have been hoodwinked by the spirit of the world maybe they're caught in materialism they're caught in some idol call a career uh, sport, an idol called sport. They're called in some fanciful thing. But right now we pray that every vain imagination, that every philosophy of man, that every lie of the enemy would be taken captive by Christ and that Jesus Christ would be re revealed to our friends and family right now. Let a profound sense of God's great love for them overtake their minds and hearts right now. Lord Jesus, I pray for my mother, my father, my sister, my brother. And I pray this Easter that they would be saved. Lord, give me the gumption to pray for them. Give me the boldness to bring them to church. Give, give me the boldness to witness to them. Give me the boldness to pray for them, Lord, for the reward of your suffering, Lord, for the reward of your suffering, Lord God. I pray for my family members, and I pray right now for their bodies that are sick and racked and ruined in sin. Jesus, I, I, I'm asking that my heart be moved. Lord, I don't want to be just doing Christian religion. I, I want a personal relationship and an understanding of the great cross, of the great price of the cross. Lord, move my heart. Let the stone be moved away. Let the, sh let the light shine upon my life. I take the grave clothes off. I take the grave clothes off. 
of every thought that is contrary to God. I take the grave clothes off, like Lazarus, of everything that keeps me separated from the love of God. I take the grave clothes off that keeps me pretending that my, 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 my friends and family will be all right. So right now, Lord Jesus, right now we declare as C3 Tugra, we are a praying, spirit-filled, born-again church that believes in souls to be saved en masse in our lifetime through the resource of what you've given us of time, talent, and treasure. Each one of us has time, talent, and treasure. We give it to you, Lord God, to reap a harvest for the reward of your suffering. Right now, Lord God, I present to you all that I am, all that I should be. Let me wake up with purpose every morning. Holy Spirit, let's say this, forgive me if I've grieved you when I should have prayed for my friends and family, my sons and daughters. Holy Spirit, forgive me. Wash me clean, set me free of every condemnational thought. Even right now, the devil's trying to lie to you and bring condemnation. God took that condemnation. Be reconciled to God. Be set free. Whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. There it is. Now you can approach God. The Bible says in Hebrews, approach God with confidence, with boldness, and begin to pray. Begin to pray for your church. Begin to pray for your leaders. Begin to pray for your connect group buddies. Begin to pray for, for the SG, the junior youth. Begin to pray for, the, for the, the church's ministries. Begin to pray like you've never prayed before to see God do what He can do in the life of this church and in the life of you, my friend. Pray like you've never prayed before for the reward of His suffering this Easter. I'm begging you. I'm appealing to you. I'm crying out for heaven and I'm asking for your heart to be moved. Let your heart be moved again for Christ is crucified. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.